0: checked in, and when you checked in and said things to the effect of, um, you know, you work in an assisted living facility, or you brought your parents here because they might not be yoga practitioners, but you want to enhance your experiences in life, and the fact that you are going to take this and um, bring this to your mom, which is fantastic, and the fact that you're an occupational therapist and want to use these tools, and then going into schools, and teaching this to kids in your next phase of your retirement, which is incredible that you're doing that. And then you talked about already teaching chair yoga and how to kind of like add more to your um, repertoire, right? I think that is the coolest thing in the whole world, the fact that all of us are in here for a completely different reason, right? All of us have totally different experiences that we're bringing to our lives and to the mat. But we all are here to really create space and ease and comfort and harmony in our body, which is wonderful. Um, what I love about this, if you're a teacher and coming in to learn about chair yoga, is that uh, you are adding something to your niche, right? Um, and as the yoga world gets bigger and you have these great, educa- you have these 230 hours or 500 hours. You always want to keep adding to your experiences and adding to things that you're able to teach. So this is a great thing to add in. Um, if you work in an office, this is a great take five, right? This is a great opportunity to um, share your passion with yoga, with your friends. And it's a great way to go home to your parents and say like, hey, I want to try this crazy stretch thing. But you're sitting in a chair. You might be using a prop. And it's really accessible, tangible, and it doesn't even need to be called yoga. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I started teaching uh, strong spirits, mindfulness, and movement practices to community life, um, people uh, who took care of others in assisted living facilities, and to uh, caregivers. uh, Because my mother had a disability, And I wanted her to find the passion that I feel for yoga and to find the ease and the um, uh, flexibility and movement uh, through the practice. It was really interesting because um, as I was going through this process and I was teaching her different like um, morning stretches or different ways to create openness in her body, I also had this awesome opportunity as I was teaching her to pay attention and kind of drop in and be able to really sense her body instead of starting to get more and more disconnected from her experiences as she was going through this disease. Uh, The University of Minnesota Center for Spirituality and Healing uh, actually did a study on this um, uh, program in um, 2014. And I'm just pulling out some stuff, but they realized tons of things through this um, study that I tailored to a nursing home residence, in a, um, and they're actually in a memory care unit. And what they learned is that um, the program is feasible, safe, and really calming to the residents. So people who were really highly anxious stopped taking all of their meds, which is great because we're all suffering from anxiety. There's so much stress going on, and we might internalize it. And if we're seeing it help in an uh, assisted living facility, imagine if it was just the day-to-day minutiae and our experiences, how could we can ground down and tune in and create a little bit more um, stability in our day-to-day experiences. Another thing that they found was the mindfulness components and the movement practices improved balance and um, mobility. So it was having positive impacts on cognitive function fatigue And as they stopped needing to take maybe all of these meds, um, they um, had an overall sense of well-being. So as we go through all of this stuff, whether you're going to teach it to kids in school from, um, you know, um, first to 12th grade. I've been uh, teaching that demographic, and the chair yoga works really well, especially because you can't just, like, say, hey, roll out your yoga mat in the classroom. Um, same thing with offices you can use the the props and same thing with um, even in a yoga studio there are going to be people who don't want to come to yoga per se because they see something on Instagram or they see something in social media and they're like that is not anything that my body looks like or can move like but actually you can do it and this should be taught at more community centers, at more yoga facilities because I think we're missing a whole market group with this, so I'm really glad that you're all here. And obviously, as an OT, you can take this to all your clients and teach them basic health and wellness, just breathing and you know doing a simple side side to side stretch or a twist. Um, we're gonna learn a lot about how to alleviate constipation through twists, how to um, get rid of just um, maybe chronic pain. By learning like a three-part breathing technique that seems kind of uh, basic if we're yoga teachers but something that's new for people who have never tried yoga and then I that's why I have all my props here I have a lot of fun little things um, to show through these tests and the research and um, what they're learning especially um, a lot of studies at like Cleveland Clinic or the Mayo they're learning a lot about um, This is reducing anxiety and stress and high blood pressure. So just these simple movements um, helping to create space. Uh, This whole uh, research is in his infancy, but we're going to do something with that funny ball that I passed out that shows you how to alleviate arthritis. And in the nursing homes, we call it Arthur. (laughs) So Arthur is coming to visit all of us, right? And it's amazing how slowly um, he creeps up. But we want to do fun things to get rid of Arthur. And um, as we strengthen our bones and our muscles here today, um, we're helping our metabolism, which is fantastic because this is connected to disease, like cancers, and it's also connected to things like um, diabetes, right? So we are kind of helping to balance our life through simple, simple movement. Uh, the Mayo Clinic, I have a quote, and I think it was in kind of uh, what we had as our uh, brochure, kind of like, come to this class. But the modified chair yoga poses help um, people with chronic pain and people who are going through uh, diff- new phases in their life to enhance their quality of life. And most importantly, um, not only the physical stuff that I was saying, but improve sleep patterns, which really start changing as our hormones and our bodies start shifting and help us to manage depression. And depression is becoming this like crazy vortex that we are starting to fall into because if stress leads to anxiety and anxiety isn't treated, then what happens is we go into this kind of ruminating black hole and it's hard to get out of it. Uh, So yeah, I'm honored to be here. In um, (coughs) the manual, if you're interested in getting the fall on manual, we go through like exactly A to Z, why yoga, um, what are the benefits of sitting properly and benefits of breathing, going through stretches and sequences where you can literally get like um just neck and shoulders. You can do just legs or you can do like a 15 minute perk-up or a 15 minute calm down or a relaxation. And I add in a lot of things in the manuals. There's over like 25 lesson plans already for you to kind of go through and do. Whereas today, we're going to really just experience and feel and go through the process of um, doing all of these therapeutic adaptive exercises. Uh, good. That's we're awesome. gonna, yeah, that's pretty great. Um, what I feel is really fantastic is, um, like last week, I had a little um, uh, overstretching experience on the yoga mat. So for the rest of the week, all I did was chair yoga to help to start to alleviate that back pain that was created, but also to kind of elevate my well-being. So I would meditate, but I still was doing stretches, but they were stretches that were helping, so I wasn't exacerbating an issue that happened by overstretching. Uh, When I talk to people about um, coming into this class and experiencing all of this is that Um, we're all kind of doing this together. So we're co-creating the experience, which means that, um, like, I might have created a cool manual, and I might be um, really, um, like, have my Ph.D. in yoga. If you've ever seen my resume, um, I've been studying yoga since I was a teenager, but I've done several 500-hour teacher trainings, and I never want to stop learning, you know? And I am constantly learning and adding to things because I think that only makes us a greater um, teacher and a greater uh, partner, right? Or a greater daughter or a, a better friend. Um, and I just think that we have so much to offer when we really find um, that, our, that we keep adding on and um, learning more. So I wanna learn from you here as we create this experience and keep it a conversation So I've had this really long kind of monologue, and hopefully it will change and we can all talk to each other. And then the other thing, too, is we are going to take a break in the sense of, like, doing um, partner stretches. That might not be something you can do for yoga, but we'll still be able to experience things. And we have two and two and two and two. So we have a perfect number to do things. And the final thing is, is that because this is a practice of self-study, this uh, yoga is uh, the art and science of the body-mind connection. So it's not just about the movements, but it's also about the mindfulness of the practice and not where your mind is full of kaka and like just really busy. But how can you have space between your ears to pay attention and feel things and really do that inner work? so that you can let go of the, mm, the barbed wire that sometimes gets stuck around your mind or the dregs, like the remnants of your coffee or your tea where it just kind of sticks to you and it's stuck to the glass and then it's hard to get out. Well, I think that part of what we do when we drop in and pay attention to the experience is that we're able to kind of let go of that stuff right? And movement is a great way to kind of, it's a fast track, but the method and the wisdom of yoga is the fastest way to me uh, the mindfulness and the um, whole, whole body practice or your body, brain, and heart. It's the fastest way to peace. It's hard to say that to a dude, right? Because, like, a lot of times when um, you're talking to gentlemen or people who don't like do yoga, they're like, that's total hoo ha. But part of this is a little bit of self study, and we have to communicate it in a way that's like really accessible. And that's what I like about the fact that we can use props and funny little things um, that we're attending to the moments to contribute to wholeness and well being, but we're also. Um, uh, doing it in a really basic, simple way, and we don't have to change our clothes, we don't have to take our shoes off, and, uh, well, you should wear clothes, I guess, <laughs> but you don't have to change them. You know you can do it in your work clothes, and um, you just need to really show up and be present with the movements that you're creating. So as we work together and co-create this class, and I feel the same way, kind of wake up a little bit. We'll, um, we'll really want to make sure that you're um, asking questions, sharing things that maybe you um, want to do or, and we haven't touched upon, or um, share things that you actually use as teachers or people working with others, and to just be really kind to the moment. Uh, only other thing is, oh. We're going to just do a really great um, listening exercise that I love to practice. After I have people kind of tap into finding alignment, I have them start to uh, uh, do uh, their first more uh, um, quote-unquote meditation exercise. So let's first find alignment and try and sit properly. Um, sitting properly is really interesting because when you're hanging out and talking to someone, you usually like go like this. Like now you're all moving, but if you were just freeze, how were you sitting before? Like Lauren was like this, right? And some of us were like this, just giving it all away, right? Or do you sit, like, when you're watching TV and, like, round your back and kind of feel like the food can get caught on your tummy, so it's, like, the best position? (laughs) So you have to have that grounded-out belly. Or you have, um, uh, you know, you come into alignment, just like Tadasana. So Tadasana means mountain pose, and it's a Sanskrit word, uh, which is the kind of ancient language of yoga, where you're coming into alignment and you're as tall and as strong as a mountain. And tada, to me, means I am here. Like um, Superman or Superwoman, they stand like this in this hero pose. And they're like, I'm a badass mofo, right? Okay, so how can we sit that stand or sit that same way in a chair without standing up? And what happens here is when you actually stand this way, it increases... A little bit your cortisol to give you that oomph but it also enhances the serotonin so you're calm and you're literally standing in your truth because you're aligned and you're as strong as a mountain and you're really self-aware because you're present. Those of you who are yoga teachers this is going to be totally like redundant but do you know why we don't just slouch or have a hand on the hip and a leg out and kind of like head toppling to the side? To breathe alignment right right if I took this is cool kids love this if I took my head out of my body what's it attached to yeah my neck my spine what's inside of my spine nerves right so our brain actually doesn't start or stop, you know, a lot of people think it stops at the atlas and axis, and they're like, oh, okay, we live in a thinking world, and we're all mindful, right, so I have to be in my mind, but actually, no, I have to be in my body, my brain, and my heart all at once, because our spine doesn't end, so take your index finger, and wiggle it around a little bit in your belly button, and then go, hee-hee, that's like the Pillsbury Doughboy, I'm all I'm So the belly button, and then take three fingers below the belly button and move the index finger down below those three fingers. So what I really try to communicate to people is that we need to not only breathe from here, but we have to think about our spine and the ganglion or roots that are attached to our central nervous system or our brain doesn't end until down here, which is pretty fascinating. Because how many of you, like, see most people like this, right? Where they have slumped shoulders, and then, I don't know, there was a show when I was, uh, you know, like, um, in my mid-twenties where, where they what I would always say, shush sh- uh, your shoulders back, or shrug, you know, bring your shoulders back. We want, if we want to live from our heart, and our, s- our sternum is like our superhero emblem, right? Then we have to really hold our heart high. When the shoulders are back and they fit into our back pockets, our spine kind of goes into its natural position. We have a natural curve behind the neck. We have a natural curve behind our tailbone. But if we are always sticking our chin out, right, or if we always have the weight of the world in our shoulders and our shoulders are eating our ears and our head and spine aren't in alignment, then we're literally like um, we chopped our heads up. We're disconnected. So the first thing I like to do when we start finding alignment before we kind of check in and do this little sound and breathing exercise is to check with people and see, are you in alignment? Are you standing in your truth? Are you like really present in this moment? So same thing as when you're standing, um, for those of you again who are yoga teachers, same thing when you're standing um, in mountain pose, you have to sit in mountain pose. So your ankles are underneath your knees. Your knees are in line with your hips. Your hips are in line with your shoulders. And you're not jutting your chin forward. But if I had a, like, yardstick right behind me, and a lot of Iyengar teachers, you know, when we first started with Iyengar yoga, which is a style of yoga, they would have a tie, like a strap, around here and they would put a rod or a yardstick so that your occipital lobe, the back of your head and your shoulders and your tailbone were all on the same plane. Because a lot of people do jut their chin forward, right? Or clench in their jaw or hold so much in their um, traps and delts and necks that they're like, you can see the sinews of their neck because they're just like, you could tell they're a fighter. They're like, oh. Right? So you have to really think of sitting the same way. So one thing I like to do with people, and we're lucky, we're in a yoga studio, right? But we're going to be teaching this, like, to our friends at work, or at home maybe we do a stretch before our family dinner. Or, you know, you're going to see your mom and, you know, you're cooking her food and you just want her to be propped up properly, right? So uh, sometimes I use balls, and I have the ball behind the chair to get someone into proper alignment. Sometimes I use um, uh, like a blanket. We have blankets here. But if a pillow works well too, if someone's really having a hard time like leaning back or touching something and feeling the back and their feet, uh, then I put those props behind them. If their feet aren't touching the ground, like this is a great chair, but like I have short legs. So sometimes this is too um, tall for me, a chair. But maybe the chair for you is too short, right? So then you have to actually maybe put something underneath someone. But a block is really great, or a cardboard box, or an ottoman, or even a pillow. And put it underneath their feet so they feel like they are structurally aligned. By trade, I'm um, a product designer. That was like what I went to school for. And I really see our bodies as human machines. I'm an engineer, right? I see structurally how things work together. And I really think our body is an incredible human machine. But if we aren't working from the central nervous system and we aren't aligned, then it goes to hell in a handbasket, right? It just is like things start really – you can feel it, right? Just like how I hurt myself on the mat because I wasn't engaging from the proper muscle groups. I wasn't working everything. I was probably thinking about the pose and just forcing through it, or maybe I was trying to prove a point. I don't know, but I hurt myself. And so so then after you come into proper alignment and you start focusing on where you are in the mat, then um, we're going to um, think of it as if you're going to the chiropractor or getting an adjustment. It's like your first adjustment is just sitting straight. Another thing that I want to say too is um, we're in a circle. Do you know why we're in a circle? Uh, If you have a large group and it's not at a school place and you're teaching in a facility that does have props, the reason I like to have circles or especially if I'm going to go into um, nursing homes is because if God forbid someone's going to start falling forward, I can see them. And it's easier to cue when you're in a circle. You know, you can do a semi-circle too, um, if you need to, but usually you'll probably be doing like one-on-ones. But the circle really helps because I can kind of talk to someone versus touching someone. In yoga classes, especially at the facility that we're in, they teach you to do hands-on adjustments and to really like work with your student, and you don't do anything. In chair yoga, you do with your students, you cue as you do, and you also um, in chair yoga um, don't really want to touch someone because if they haven't done yoga they're gonna be like oh, wait for me right and especially like if you're going into schools you can't touch the kids anyways and if you're um, you know like going into nursing homes and like holding someone's hand or um, some there's people now um, in integrative healthcare that are doing like Hand massages, or painting nails, or giving shoulder massages, or you know, just like doing really simple things like re- reflexology. Um, that's cool, but you really have to, in our culture, not really touch people unless they come to a yoga studio, because then they're asking for it. Okay. <laughs> so as you sit in this comfortable space, um, I wanted to show you the first of my little props, and it's a good tuning-in thing. Now we focus on alignment, right? And we've gotten ourselves comfortable. Our um, ankles are underneath our knees, our knees are in line with our hips, our hips are in line with our shoulders, and our elbows are comfortably hanging out near our ribcage and our palms are on the lap. The reason our palms usually are on the lap is because um, if you notice, you can kind of push yourself back to open the shoulders. To stretch out the pecs, the traps and the delts. You want to think of your spine um, in Eastern philosophy, especially in like Tibetan Buddhism, they call it the Dharma. Dharma means pillar. So your spine is the pillar that holds up your um, house. <laughs> you know? And your body is like a house, and, which is an amazing human machine powered by the inhales and the exhales. So we want the pistons of our engine to keep working so that we can tap into our life force and keep radiating and shining. This is an interesting thing for non-yogis. How um, many breaths do you think you take in a day? No idea, right? Uh What do you do when you're really pissed? Sigh. Oh, you sigh? Hold your breath, yeah. Sigh is a yogi response, whoever said that. Like That's a good <laughs> letting go. That's very impressive. Most people, like it's almost like I always see a cartoon where steam starts coming out of your ears and you're holding the breath and your face turns red. and you know. So I think most times when people are frustrated, we hold our breath. So as we sit in this comfortable space, the learning exercise we're going to do or the listening exercise we're going to do is to find a great way to teach someone how to slow down their breath. Most people, according to B.K.S. Iyengar in his book *Light on Yoga*, only breathe or should breathe to have like good breathing practice. Twenty-one thousand six hundred breaths a day. What I like to do with this exercise we're going to start doing right now is, after we find alignment, is to count the number of breaths you take, and an inhale and an exhale being one lap, right, in a minute. And you do it at the beginning of the class and at the end of the class because most people in our culture want to see results. If I'm going to play a video game, I'm doing it because I want to win, right? So I want to get like the most cookies or whatever you get, like, you know. But if I'm um, uh, doing something physical, it's usually like the people who ran the marathon today, they had a goal, they've been working towards it, and every day they're trying to progress. Same thing with with when you're teaching yoga. We're trying to progress and evolve, and you know, like as yogis, we're all PC and we're like, um, uh, uh, um, you know, practice is progress, but actually, people want to see results. So it's great when you actually can have something tangible that they can do. So I I have people um, take one hand to their heart and one hand to their tummy, and then I have this great thing. It's called a Zenergy chime. And this energy Chime is a wonderful way to, um, uh, to uh, kind of make a noise so people can pay attention. So it sounds like this, but it doesn't stop forever, right? So you can use it twofold. One, you can just use it as a listening experience, and when you don't hear the chime anymore, And to me, I can still hear it still going. Then you raise your hand. And then all of a sudden, you just practice a mindfulness exercise, especially with kids. It works really well. But what we're going to do here is this is just like the beginning of our time and an ending of our time. And at the beginning of class, I have people take one hand to the tummy, one hand to the heart, and just count the breaths until I hit the chime again pretty self-explanatory, right? You don't have to think like, oh, three-part breath or teach anything special. So close your eyes, feel yourself in alignment, and we're going to count our breath for a minute. Ready, set, What did you notice? I mean, remember your number for a second, but what did you notice?
1: My breath was faster at the beginning and slowed down. Stop thinking about anything else, but
0: the breath faded away? Yeah. the pitter patter of the raindrops. I started counting like I used to like, the swimming. Ah, counting. Yeah. Interesting. So you're creating like a rhythm, a metr- an inner metronome. Mm. So as we practice chair yoga, which is static stretching, and we're um, creating like undue stress in the joints. Um, Yogis call that, like, co-contraction, where you're doing dynamic opposition. It's almost the same thing with your awareness practice or your breathing practice. You're trying to have undue stress, right? And we breathe all the time, but we often don't breathe uh, with awareness. And so it's an unconscious practice, but breathing is a tool for health and growth and change. And I saw you take a yawn, right? So a yawn is like an oxygen cocktail where your body is actually telling you it's a cheap drink, right? <laughs> but it's actually telling you that you need the oxygen or that um, you know that you're actually tired and you haven't honored your space to like really kind of relax. Breathing helps so much with emotional well-being that I think that by the time you do like four chair yoga movements and people start yawning and they start like kind of settling into their bodies you really uh, did your job. Because as a teacher or as someone who practices, all we're trying to do is boost our vitality and energy by breathing. Uh, The reason that I had you count your breath is because in the beginning of class, I'll have people kind of like write it down or remember that number. And at the end of class, we'll do it again. You'll have to remind me because usually I forget. And we'll see if it was actually a, a longer space between the breath. So who lives longer, an elephant or a mouse? Okay, and why does the elephant work, live longer? longer? Slow heart rate, right? They harness their energy. They even can paint with their trunks, right? And mice have that really a uh, uh, fast rhythm, right? They're wiry, right? So, so we have to really find ways to kind of slow down a little bit because you're exacerbating or you're kind of like burning yourself out. And what we're learning is that um, in each chair yoga posture, we're teaching people how to breathe, but we're also teaching them how to kind of settle in and um, use the breath in everything that you do so that you're taking like five to ten deep breaths in each pose will really help you to stay settled. And the examples that I share with you are like examples that I use too in class because it helps people. Um, No one really owns breath because it's a public commodity, right? And we all have it. But if we're freaked out and I didn't ask you to like listen to your breath, it might not have settled. You might have gone through the day kind of like wound up. And your oxygen that you get from the um, breathing, over 80% of it is used by your brain. So yoga makes you smarter, right? Just by doing yoga, you're kind of increasing the brain, and you're bringing more blood into your heart, and you're purifying it. And um, there's so many um, great things that help you um, because it's improving your mood as it enhances your physical and mental and um, emotional well-being. How many of your friends do you know who have, um, like, um, OCD or ADD or COPP, I think that's that breathing thing, or um, have like um, even PTSD. This totally helps because it's helping to alter your um, state of mind and it's helping you to uh, kind of, um, and I'm not going to go into the deep science of it, but when you um, are stressed, you are breathing too rapidly, so you go into kind of like an acidic state where you start, your muscles start twitching and you get really frustrated and upset. You could get nauseous or irritable and um, that's probably why a lot of people come to you, right? Or like, you know, like come to places to kind of ground down Um, and this causes a lot of confusion. So if we stop our breathing from tense and shallow and um, we alleviate the sympathetic nervous system response to, which is basically fight-or-flight, you know our animal reptilian brain, and we slow the breath, we nudge our pH level back to a uh, less alkaline state, and we allow our body to secrete substances that lower the heart rate and find ease in our bodies. So as we start moving deeper into all of this um, yoga stuff, I've now shown you, we start off with alignment and then you do some kind of grounding down exercise where you maybe listen to your heart rate or tune in and listen to a noise, which in turn that noise helps you listen not only inwardly, but also like, oh, a car drove by and I would have never realized that a car was driving by because I was in here are the raindrops you might not hear them because you're so focused on thinking or learning or writing right so we're really trying to um, slowly as we move through this process of our class today i'm showing you kind of how i would create a sequence for your friends or someone that you're working with Um, so alignment uh, listening and paying attention which incorporated the breathing and now i want to show you a couple more breathing fun things to do Uh, that really helps you to create these um, recuperative powers and balance our nervous system, because that's really what we're here to do. Uh, We have a uh, straw that I handed out to you. As yogis, we call... um, our life force energy prana and prana is all about um teaching you how to more be like a witness or observer instead of um uh, being reactive to situations it makes you more proactive so you're observing things what's a great tool is like going to the lunchroom and using a straw as yoga teachers we know of this breath as sitali which is a calming breath, sitali sometimes it's called. It's a cooling breath, especially for anybody who's going through the change of life. It's awesome, or if it's a hot day, it helps you to cool off, but I like to teach it to people as if you're breathing through a straw, so you really do breathe through a straw. So come into a comfortable position, and begin to inhale and breathe in, and then exhale and breathe out through the straw. Good. Inhale. Breathe in through the straw. Sip up the air. And exhale. Breathe out through the straw or if that's too uncomfortable, just breathe out like a sigh of relief. Good. Put the straw back in. Inhale. And exhale. Let's try that one more time. Inhale. So you can really feel yourself almost cooling the system. And then exhale. Now you can let go of your friend the straw. How did that feel? Calming. I practice it a lot. I have hot flashes all day (laughs) (laughs) Anybody notice uh, like a difference in their rhythm of the breath? No.
1: Really
0: long. Long, right? Yeah. It's kind of fun. You're using a tool. You're like playing around. But that really deep inhale is cooling because of the way you're sipping up your straw. Where in sitali, we kind of make our tongue like this and we breathe in that way. This one is, you're just kind of using a prop which makes it super um, uh, less challenging and super fun to kind of try something different. But it's a great way to really teach about the long capacity and to teach you how to slow down. Um, Another one that I really like to do is if I have a Kleenex, I don't think we have any, oh, we do have some Kleenexes. Here, We can try it. Uh, you can either do fogging up a mirror or a Kleenex. And this is a great way to teach people the power of the breath. And those of you who know me or have taken texts or workshops with me, you have done this before. But this is really fun. As you inhale, breathe in through the nose and hold the Kleenex up towards you. I use this with tots to teenagers to elderly. When you exhale, breathe out through the mouth and blow your curtain of your house. Good. Let's try that one more time. Inhale through the nose. Exhale through the mouth, blow the curtain of your house. Good, inhale through the nose. And now exhale through the nose and blow the curtain of your house. I saw Caitlin's face <laughs> over. Uh, that's funny. Okay, try it again. Inhale, breathe in. Exhale, blow out through the nose. <laughs> and then release. You can use this for your boogies. Right? What was the difference between the nose breathing and the mouth breathing? More diaphragmatic. more diaphragmatic breathing through the nose. And the curtain wasn't moving as much. Yeah. Right. And you had to use your stomach muscles. Right. So yogis are inherently lazy. If you breathe properly, you're doing a sit up all the time. Right. So that's the best thing about yoga is because you're toning from the inside out. But when you breathe in and out through the nostrils, it's really good for us because it increases our serotonin production. So it has an amazing effect on your nervous system. It calms you down. It's like eating a piece of chocolate or drinking some wine. When you breathe in and out through your mouth, it's great for animals but it's not good for humans. So that's a huge thing that really helps that spiral and that vortex of anxiety stop. If you just allow yourself to inhale through the nose and exhale through the mouth, if that makes you feel comfortable, great. But ultimately, inhale through the nose and exhale through the nose. So I'm going to teach you as if I'm teaching a kid, right? Take one hand to your tummy and one hand to your heart. You're feeling your alignment. You're going to inhale belly, lungs, and ribs. And exhale ribs, lungs, and belly. So let all the air out. And we'll inhale belly, lungs, and ribs. Exhale, ribs, lungs, and belly. Good, keeping that rhythm. Inhale, smell the flowers through the nose. Exhale, blow out like you're blowing out a candle, but don't blow it all the way out. Keep that flame going. Inhale, breathe in, belly, lungs, and ribs through the nose, smelling the perfume, and exhale, ribs, lungs, and belly, blowing out the candle, but keeping it lit, like it's your birthday. Find a couple more deep breaths. And after your last exhale, just let it go, and just get all relaxed, right? So that's a great way too to start teaching to your friends. The as yogis, we know it, it's called the Integral Breath or the Durga Breath. Uh, um, So it's the three-part breath, which I think is, like, the best breath to teach anyone, anytime. It's like the baby steps into the breathing world, belly, lungs, ribs, ribs, lungs, belly. And the other thing that works really well is to do animal noises and fun little things. So, like, yawning when you yawn. Like, I was teasing you about the oxygen cocktail when I saw both of you yawn, but actually yawning Affects the vagus nerve and the vagus nerve releases stress automatically. So when you yawn, you're triggering your nervous system to calm down. It's pretty amazing. Our bodies are fascinating the more and more you study it. You can howl like a wolf. You can do um, sniffing like a bunny, which is breath of fire. So if you're like um, really exhausted don't do this before bed, but say you're getting ready like to be a football player and play a football game and you just snip like a bunny through your nose. So you go, and you're popping your belly back. That's breath of fire. It actually engages and gets your body to open up. So then you can think of like fun animals, like laugh like a donkey. uh, uh, uh. uh. Sorry, I won't do a lot. <laughs> or hiss like a snake. Is the same thing as brahmacharya, the buzzy B breath. (sniffs) And you're kind of focusing a certain area of the body that you really need to let go of any dis-ease and discomfort. You're really teaching people how to exhale. So if you even just exhaled a little bit more, um, you're already doing yoga without even practicing yoga or being a yoga practitioner. Our culture needs to slow down, right? So when we slow down in our minds through breath and yoga, you're finding that inner peace to be really safe and calm and at ease. Jessica, when say, don't blow out the candle, like it's your birthday, do you need to keep a little bit? You don't blow no, you're going to blow out, but you know how sometimes people just go, oh. right. then you're not all the way out. Okay. Can you like let it flicker so that you're blowing all the way out, but it's still lit. It. And then that makes the people think like, oh, I have this inner flame within. Um, because in yoga, we do a bellows breath, you know, like an old time bellows breath, uh, a bellows, like to stoke the fire. Okay. That's like what we're doing when we breathe. We're, we're stoking our internal flame, which is our prana, Sanskrit, right? And you're just enhancing and nurturing that energy to move upward. And this is where tantric yoga came from, is because we were trying to get ourselves to uncoil, get rid of the dis-ease, and then when we uncoil, we can t- come into our higher states of consciousness and use our brain for better, more interesting things. I want to do um, just uh, two more fun breathing things, and then we're going to move into uh, some uh, movement. So, how's everybody feeling? Okay, the, the cold air kicked in. Yeah, uh, so we definitely need to move, uh, but uh, you have a feather. Okay, now um, it works really well when you're facing someone. So let's just try it once on our own. This is the same thing. When you're breathing and really getting something to move, like we did with the um, Kleenex as a curtain of your house, when you exhale, you want your feather to move. Yeah. Fascinating, right? And, and please don't blow down on your hand because then you'll feel really stupid. Like, you're, <laughs> like you're not breathing, you kind of have to throw... You have to put it at a good level so it doesn't, yeah, there you go. Um, and then what I have people do, so if you don't mind standing next to two and two and two and two, pass feathers to each other. Because then it becomes a catching game. Mine is <laughs> And you don't have to use both of them. You can just use one.
1: (laughs) I know. Yeah. (laughs) I (laughs) know. I feel like. Yeah. Yes.
0: It's silly little things. Oh, Are had fun. a couple yeah. it's like, how do I get them to breathe? Yeah. Like just telling them to blow a candle isn't enough. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I'll show you one more. I a lot of ADD kids. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I should do this breathing exercise at the beginning. Of the yeah. Course. That's how you have okay. starting yeah. off classes. That way will be really grounded. I also have something I can share with you that really helps that we use in super classes well, in some districts. Oh yeah, I
1: have
0: one. There.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I help. Yeah. no,
0: it's, So, so um uh we're talking today about how breathing helps with good posture, right? We're talking today about how um like it improves uh your heart, your internal organs, but what I want to share is like it teaches optimism too. Who didn't start laughing? Right? And that laughing is like a great thing for your body that affects the um, amygdala and relaxes your fight or flight, which turns on happiness, gratitude, compassion, all of those things as yogis we try to kind of work towards in our life. But it lights up the prefrontal cortex. So instead of flipping your lid when you're frustrated, um, when you do breathing practices, it helps you... With positive psychology, like scientifically, it's being proven that the breathing helps to actually um, your brain has neuroplasticity, and um, so the um, when you breathe, that positive psychology is teaching you to be resiliency resilient. Sorry, during times of stressful situations. So a lot of what you're teaching, not only that you're going to become smarter and you're going to get healthier and you're going to get a toned stomach from breathing, but it will actually help you to um, be more proactive or responsive to things versus like reactive and anxious and angry and like lash out, which is really easy. So balancing our nervous system is like got lots of cool things that happen. The other thing that I have in my toolkit that I bring a lot are bubbles, <laughs> which seem really funny. Um, is this is what you were talking about. Yeah, yeah I can't get them. So bubble. you can buy these for a dollar.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then all of a sudden you pass it around. And it's super, super fun to do. And it, it, especially at the nursing homes, it's great because it creates tons of yeah. laughter, but they don't breathe. And when you actually get the bubbles and you get it close enough, you might have to kind of assist the behind the scenes, but it, it works really well to get the giggles and to get the light the levity that you're looking for. Would you do that in a dementia or memory? Oh yeah. 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 That all these toys work so well in a memory care. So well. Um, there's one thing that we're gonna start off with the hand exercises that does not work well because they try and eat the little balls that you have. Yeah, that was the one. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll talk about that in a second. Um, Have you ever seen a Hoberman spear? Yeah. These are great, okay? Loon breaths, inhale to bring in the things you need as you sweep your arms up, head and back down to your heart and then exhale to let go and push everything away. Yep, so these are great and I use these especially in um, assisted living facilities. They love it, they love the shape, They think it's like an ornament, they love to play it and use it. Plus, if we passed it around the room, everybody would get a chance to teach it and everybody would get a chance to have the opportunity to guide. And uh, so then um, we start off practice and I like to cue people, um, usually in like a meditation, but we'll wait to do a meditation at kind of a different part of the um, time together when we um, ground down and stuff like that, Uh, maybe towards the end of class, because we already did that uh, chime exercise. But I like to um, really focus on that um, uh, moving next into um, something simple. So I have this little ball that we passed around that's another one of your things in your toolkit. And this little ball here, What we do with it is we use it as um, exercises for arthritis. The only time I've ever had someone try to eat it was in memory care because these are those little gumpy jack balls. Um, A lot of my toys and props and things that I get are at the dollar bins, either at Target or a party supply store or something like that. They work really well. But um, if it is in a school and it's um, like pre-K, you're not going to like bring something in that they can swallow. I would say the same thing with memory care. If it fits in your mouth, don't do it. But then you could also do things with just squeeze balls. You know, squeeze in one hand, squeeze pass the ball in the other hand, squeeze that three times, and then pass back and forth for hand-eye coordination. That's a great one. Um, if If, Nothing else works. Those stress balls work really well. They were, you know, gimmicks, but they actually work really well. And same thing, you can squeeze and one right hand three times, squeeze a left hand three times, and then pass back and forth. But what I love about these little balls is, and if you don't use the props of the um, bouncing jack balls, you can just use your hand, right? You don't need a prop. The prop is just fun. Take the ball into your right hand and um, take and rest the ball on your thumb as your index finger touches down so the ball is sandwiched between your index finger and your thumb. And all the other fingers are trying to be straight up. So for all of us, this is fairly easy. But for some people who are starting to really get arthritis and Arthur is hitting hard, this is very hard. Take and switch now. Take the middle finger down and sandwich the ball between the thumb and the middle finger as all the other fingers try to point up straight to the sky. Then if you're in an office, a lot of people like computer tendonitis, oh my goodness, different kinds of carpal tunnel stuff, then switch (laughs) to the ring finger and the um, ball and the thumb sandwiching it. How it's hard to keep the fingers up, yeah? And then switch pinky finger and thumb, I know. And you're trying not to use the other hand, you're just trying to switch it. That it's, I know, super hard. And then you would go back the other way, ring finger, middle finger, index finger. Yep, (laughs) oops. (laughs) And bring it to your palm, and then you could rotate your wrist in one direction three times. You're trying to keep your arms straight and true. Rotate your wrist the other way three times. Then shake it off. Try and pass the ball back and forth between hands. (laughs) That's challenging. I know, right? So it's fascinating that something so simple and a toy that we used to play jacks with as kids has now become a tool to help with arthritis, right? So let's try it now that we've passed past the ball left and right, and left and right, which helps to integrate the brain hemispheres. Yeah.
1: How does this help with arthritis then? Is it getting
0: the joints moving more? Just getting the mobility, joints moving, yeah. Because you know when people stop, start to kind of like get tight, mm-hmm. then they don't do anything. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like those, it's little exercise, finger exercises. Mm-hmm. I felt it a lot in the back of my hand near my knuckles, is that normal? Fascinating. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, that, uh, one thing that's pretty amazing as we start going to the other hand is that, and we'll do the other hand without the ball and pretend that we don't have the props so that you can feel what that feels like. Um, all of us are very unique and individual and we have our own experiences on this earth. We also have totally different bodies. So everybody's skeleton is totally different. So what you're feeling is, I can't say, I can always say, oh, interesting. Because their normal, quote unquote, is it's it's, everybody has a different thing. So I'm sure it's fine. And then I tell people I'm not a doctor. I play one on TV. You get all kinds of weird questions and you kind of don't know how to answer it and you just want to remember that if something seriously is going on, you're gonna say, go talk to a real doctor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So take and bring the left arm up, bring the thumb and index finger together. Reach the index finger back up and switch middle finger and thumb. I know, everybody's eyebrows are going up. And then lift the middle finger up and the thumb to the in, uh, ring finger. It's also good because you get to teach, like for kids, what each finger is. And reach the ring finger up, and for, same for memory carrier. yeah, And then pinky finger and thumb. I can't even remember what finger is. <laughs> and extend, and shake it off. So if you don't have the ball, and we'll be doing more hand exercises, I'll show you some other things that we do to stretch out the hands. But I do like, as you can see, I do like props. The other squeezy thing that I have is um, if you don't like the balls, um, because you're afraid people are gonna eat it, you have less people who wanna eat Silly Putty. Silly Putty is a great thing to squeeze and work And if you do have a kid who's like ADD, ADHD, and they really need something, if you have a fidget widget, Silly Putty's a fidget widget. It's great to just have so that they actually are doing something. They're working their their neurological pathways, and that helps them to focus more. Unless they start throwing it at the friends. Then it's a tool for evil the protagonist, or the antagonist. Alright, um, we are going to uh, start moving a little bit deeper now and going into some stuff. Uh, would you like to take like a um, a little bathroom break? For a second, a water break? Everybody's good? Yeah. Awesome. Okay, now that the cold air has stopped. <laughs> okay, so what's a great thing to do is And I know I'm sounding redundant, but I just want to make sure you kind of remember this sequence of how we're doing this. Alignment, breathing and checking in, uh, and uh, some kind of a listening or sensory experience. And then we start moving into uh, the movement. I think one of the fun things to do that helps to relax, release anxiety, and especially for technology and computers, is to do something called palming the eyes. I like, I wear glasses also. So you, for those of us who wear glasses, it's a little bit harder sometimes if you're not have your contacts in that day or you are just wearing the glasses all the time. It at the end, you say cover your eyes, you know, just cover your glasses, obviously. But um, what it does, it's very soothing. You press your palms together. As you place your hands in front of you and your eyes are closed, you rub your palms together as fast, as fast, as fast as you can. Feel the warmth. So it's good for kids because you get to talk about, like, the energy and the heat and how our bodies are just atoms and um, all kinds of, like, the power that you have. And in turn, you close your eyes and you place your hands over your closed eyes or your glasses, and you take three deep breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth. In through the nose and out through the mouth, then one more, and as your hands move away, you open your eyes to a whole new moment, a whole new experience, or you talk about maybe how you're more relaxed. I use that at the end of class to say, see how different your perspective is, right? That you have that strong spirit. And then it's a great way to just feel rebooted and refreshed. Um, then I like to move into something called Eyes Around the Clock. Eyes Around the Clock uh, are, is fascinating because it's an arm thing. And I everybody got a strap. So we're gonna use the strap to actually uh, just open it up. If you don't have this strap, I have people make their arms into circles. But what I like about this strap is that the strap helps you to have something to hold on to. And when people get a little bit um, shoulder tension, it works better. But you just fold the strap in half, hold the hands shoulder width apart, reach the arms up. And you get this natural stretch through your armpits, which are tight, right? (coughs) On your inhale, breathe in. And exhale, breathe out. So think of your entire body like a circle. Now, look up to 12 o'clock, like your body's a clock. Okay? What happened to your chin? Oh, so we just did yoga for our fingers. So now we're doing yoga for our eyes. So you only look up with the eyeballs. What? Am I looking at the strap or am I just looking at the strap? You're that? just looking up to your imaginary 12. Okay. Do you feel your eyes getting stretched though? And you're not jutting your chin up. So you're not compressing your C5, C6, and you're actually lengthening and strengthening the tongue. Uh, not, well, the tongue I'm going to tell you in a second, but the neck. And then look down to 6 o'clock without moving your (laughs) head. It's fun to watch your expressions. Sorry. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. Okay, look back to center. Now, relax the arms down. So that's the first thing people do is they just yank their chin up. They yank their chin down. Instead of looking with their eyes, you can stretch out your eyes. But what do you feel happening in your arms? the heat, and you feel that like kind of flush. Mm -hmm. So when your arms are up, you're kind of like legs up the wall pose, which is the yoga pose, you lay on your back and your legs are up, you're um, stopping that blood flow so that when you put your arms down, anything that was trapped, you flush out. So has anybody ever heard of a ganglion, or a ganglion cyst, or like a cyst, right? you know, people get those little lumps things. It's, or it's because it's tissues and fibers and stuff that, like, can't move through because you haven't maybe worked that area and it's just gotten stuck or trapped in um, the tubes. So when we're up and then we go down, all of a sudden it's like, you're flushing everything out. The circle concept or keeping your arms, so let's try it again now. When you reach your arms up, and you have people who have neck issues the best thing to do to strengthen the neck is to touch the tongue to the top the hard palate feel your neck stronger Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it also triggers something in your uh in your brain called the ras and ras is a big word that i can't remember what it does but it helps with memory and functioning So, reticular activation, maybe something, something, I don't know, I I only look smart. Um, So, as we do this, and your tongue is touching the roof of the mouth, which in in yoga land, or for yogis, some people say to touch the roof of your mouth the entire time you're practicing. Because it triggers something in the neurological pathways. Look up to 12. Take a nice deep breath and look back to the center. With your next exhale, look to nine o'clock without rotating your head. Let your eyes get a stretch. Nice. Look back to center. And with your next exhale, look to three o'clock. Look back to center and let the arms come down. Uh, The resistance of the strap is nice. When people have their arms up and they're holding it, they start kind of sagging. Another thing too is if people have shoulder injuries, just say take your hands to your shoulders or take your hands up as high as you can get them or don't take your hands up at all and just let yourself look that way because in a world of technology, our eyes need a stretch. And, and we have to be alert. And then when you're like in the car driving and you need to, s- you have better peripheral vision. Okay. Arms okay? Great. Lovely. I didn't even notice my arms. So oh. You hold your arms up like this and you're. Focus on what you're doing with your tongue and your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. You completely forget your So you <laughs> reap the benefit, right? Yeah. And you can add in side body stretches, which we'll talk about those too. But once you start kind of seeing these poses, um, they start to link together, which is fun. I,
1: I think that one's also good
0: for balance. For mm-hmm. with my balance, class, we do vision tracking. So that would be a fun one to do. Cool. Vision tracking. Mm-hmm. I like that. Vision tracking. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Alright, so after our vision tracking, and um, we're gonna do a little bit of a neck stretch. So you're still in that beautiful alignment, you're still focusing on taking deep breaths and everything that you're doing, but now we're gonna stretch out the neck. And if we are in a culture that's a thinking brain, most people hold a lot of tension in their neck and shoulders. So this feels really good. Take your right hand to your left ear. Now for some of us, you're going to be like, ah, this is easy. If it's hard, don't put your arm there and just press down onto a table or the side of a chair or like a desk. Okay? Because you're just working the opposite. You're just getting that stretch. Now, on your next exhale, begin to guide your right ear to your right shoulder and take the left arm out. you feel that? Okay. Take the arm to the point where you feel the most resistance or the deepest stretch. And then breathe once you find it. Take, before you move your head, take your right hand to your ear and assist the head up. Hands come back. Awesome. Let's try the other side. Left ear, left shoulder, left hand towards the right ear. Reach your right arm out. Take the arm to the space where you get the most resistance. Take the left hand to the ear and lift your head back up. I love that one. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Uh, another thing that I like to do after the Madonna Vogue stretching, I call that, is I like to take and bring my hands and grab onto the chair and make my chest go high like the bow of a ship. I know, and if you have long arms, you can also reach back and interlace your hands and pull the arms to a space that feels the best. So sometimes you're like in odd chairs, like sometimes I have people in wing back chairs or different kinds of chairs. We happen to have the folding chairs, which are a little bit lower in the back, but interlacing your hands back behind the chair works. And then release your hands and place your hands onto your legs. I like to do really simple chin-ups and chin-downs by starting off by taking my right ear to my, uh, right ear, that doesn't make sense, my chin to my left shoulder. So don't bring the shoulder to the chin, just bring the chin to the shoulder as comfortable as you feel. Use your next exhale and offer a little bit of a roll down through the front of your chest until your chin ends up towards the right shoulder. Good. Inhaling and exhaling. Your head comes back towards center. Your neck is still down or your chin is still down inhale your head up and a lot of times this is where I say look up to 12 versus lift your chin up because people's necks are so messed up. Um, I often have people take their hands behind their head, interlace the fingers and as your elbows are out press head into hand and hands into head. So you get that nice heart opener and a little bit of a neck stretch without jutting the chin out. If you want to incorporate go deeper bring the elbows forward and aim your chin to your chest. And you should feel a deep stretch that keeps the spine mobile, but your um, also goes all the way down into your low back. Use your inhale to come back up, elbows go out. Then I like to guide this into a half moon. Open your arms wide. Take your right hand to the side of the chair, and the left arm goes up and over. So you're pressing down through your feet and your buns, and you're stretching. Intercostal muscles, if you want to, you can look up, or you look down to the ground. So those of you who are yoga teachers, Parsifal Konasana, Extended Side Angle Stretch, it's doing the same exact thing. You just happen to be with your um, buns in a prop. Come on back up, left hand comes down, right arm reaches up high, spine is long, keep the behind down and reach up and over as you're creating this space. So you're not collapsing on the left side, you're lifting up and opening. Your gaze is soft, the exhale brings you up because that's a position of strength, your arm comes down, and you're relaxing. And then we'll take and um, do a little bit of elbow swimming. (laughs) So I like to bring my thumbs underneath my shoulders if you'd like to, or just keep your hands out in front of the pecs, and you do little circles. My bracelets are you play the chicken dance while you do this too? You could. You can play any games, that's why I love, and then go the opposite direction. That's why people have really good things to add on to it. Um, in nursing homes, we've been singing a lot of songs, like that are songs that they remember from their past. Like when we ride bicycles, we sing the bicycle built for two. That's a good one. All right, relax the arms. Anybody feel that? When it, yeah, my pecs are real tight. But I always have the sides of my lips I get like that little funny muscle pull, and now I, so I have to like smile because I make funny faces. <laughs> the other thing that works really well is just shoulder shrugs. And um, I always, when I'm working with kids, I like, do that whole thing like when you like, don't know and you try and feign, like you don't know something, you're like, I don't know. and, and like, And you take a big exhale. And your shoulders up, back, and then one more time, up, back, and good. Um, the, the elbow swimming and this elbow circles, I like to then do maybe one arm at a time. And um, there's something called the Five Tibetans, which is in um, the teacher's manual if you're interested in it. But in the Five Tibetans, you start off kind of small and then you get bigger and you move your arm in big, huge circles, and then you go backwards also, where you go a little. And I'm only, I'm only holding my hand here because we're only doing one hand at a time, but you can do them together, making big circles. It just depends on the ability of your student, and we're really making sure that we do modifications on up or that we're teaching to everybody, and then also the body of like where they're at at that moment. Uh, you can also do funny things like um, did disco dancing, and you can do, uh, I think that was called the um, sprinkler, and you can do uh, like John Travolta, where you're going cross body, like staying alive. Um, and You can also do different swimming strokes, which work really well, whether it's like breaststroke or um, freestyle, um, you can even pretend you're on your back, and then you're doing the back stroke. Yeah, side, side stroke. Because <laughs> you're checking out someone at the other side of the pool. That works really well. Um, what's kind of fun with this one is playing the piano, too. A lot of people um, have played piano or used to play piano or um, ran away from their piano teacher when they came over and you kind of go up the scale and down the scale, that works well. The seated half moon stretch we did with one arm, but you can also do it with two arms or grab a wrist, if you feel really agile, so it's the same kind of stretches that you might have seen or used in other things, but you're just using it in a different manner. We started off class with that great kind of stretch for arthritis, but I like to do um, wrist rotations and like um, simple stretches where I incorporate breathing. Because in every pose we're trying to incorporate the breath, like five to 10 deep breaths. So this one you take in, it's um, palm stretches. So as you exhale, interlace the fingers, your palms press all the way down and then you inhale up, exhale to the right or my and then the left sorry and back to center and hands through your heart inhale sweeping up exhale to the right inhale to the center exhale to the left inhale to the center Exhale, hands pass all the way through heart. So what have you been noticing uh, through these stretches?
1: I When are you supposed to breathe out through your nose or breathe
0: out through your mouth? Oh, well, you can, whatever feels good. If it's okay. like more yogi people and they're comfortable breathing out through their nose, I would start that right away. Okay. But most people just might want to breathe out through the mouth. Okay. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with breathing out through the mouth. We just don't want them to breathe in through the mouth because that's like where you start having the um, uh, neurological challenges. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people are getting um, sleep apnea, or have to use that dark odor machine because they breathe through their mouth. Their mouth breathers.
1: My husband. Mm. My son. Mm. My brother-in-law, my father-in-law. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sleep apnea. A lot of my young friends in their 30s have sleep apnea, too, and some of them are not, like, they don't have, like, extra weight. Like, I don't know. It's interesting. Stress? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Try Tried. Tried teaching them some breathing stuff. Yeah. I'm going to try to one of, the, one of the reasons I asked what you were noticing was to feel how your body was feeling, but also when we were stretching side to side, a lot of you were doing a little bit of hip hike or creating some imbalances in the lower half of your body. So as we practice on the mat, I really want you to feel that um, we are still you know, paying attention to that self-study. Are we working whole body or are we just kind of truncating ourselves whether it's your head or your torso or your legs. What I love to do in these side body stretches and some of you have water bottles but you also have a block so you can either take a water bottle or a block and I'm going to ask you to please squeeze it in between your legs. Students who know me from yoga classes when I talk about Tadasana and stuff like that I always like people to hold a block when they're going through a sun citation because it helps to engage the adductors. But now, we're going to use the plot prop or the block to stay firmly rooted and engaged. And this is going to totally make your side body stretch feel different. So your toes are light, you're squeezing into the block, and you're activating all your muscle groups. Inhale, reach. Do you want to do two arms or one arm? Two arms. Inhale, reach both arms up. Interlace your fingers and rotate the palms up. And exhale, stretch to the right. Good. Root down through your feet and your bums. So the bony parts of your behind that are called sits bones, the ischial tuberosities. And stretch a little bit further as you squeeze your block. Good. Inhale, come back up. And exhale to the left. Pressing through the feet and the glutes um, and keeping the block or the water bottle in between your legs. Reach over with the breath. Exhale, come on up. And with your next inhale, feel the lightness in your palms and exhale them down. Do you feel a difference with the block in between your legs? Yes. Mm -hmm. Right? So we have the adductors that draw to center and the abductors that pull away. And we want them to be part of the practice so that we don't get hip problems, or have hip flexor issues, or um, you know when we're walking and we fall, we don't want our hips to fall because we haven't, uh, or, or break because we haven't used them. And I've had lots of people who have fallen after doing a lot of chair yoga, and they haven't had the same hip issues as if they weren't doing physical exercise and weren't keeping up with a practice in some way. All right, the other thing that I like to do, and that's this is getting into some of the finger stuff, is different brain gym exercises. Does anybody know brain gym? Mm-hmm. Brain gym is really cool. You can find a lot of YouTube things on it, but um, we'll do a simple one here. Um, it's where you're taking So people are either left brain or right brain during the day, right? They switch left brain or right brain, and we're trying to create an integrated person, a whole person. So this is a great way to do it. Take your right arm up over the left. Flip your palms together and interlace your fingers. Bend your elbows out. Bring your hands through the hole that's created. So you're flipping them up, yep. Okay, don't look at your hands and your shoulders are relaxing. Just lift your middle fingers. Sarah. (laughs)
1: Completely
0: lost. Yeah, right? Lower the middle fingers. Just lift the index fingers. Okay, who's looking? Don't look. Don't think. Lower the index finger. Just lift the ring fingers. Lower the ring fingers. Okay, take your index fingers up and release your hands. (laughs) It's good, right? Yeah, I know, you got stuck. Who had a hard time lifting their fingers without looking at them? That's part of the brain gym stuff, right? Because we're so dominant in one brain or the other, but we have to really work our entire body. And um, they say that, like, um, you know, your body and your brain connection, they need to be integrated. But if we're dominant in one hemisphere, the brain versus the other, then we aren't connected. We're just kind of muscling through things. So the brain gym stuff works really well. So I like to do, like, opposite... Knee to opposite elbow, where you're just literally sitting here, and this integrates right and left hemisphere. So I have people literally do whether it's pat the knee, left hand right knee or right hand left knee, where it's just padding if that's as high as they can get, or elbow. That's really good. Yeah, right. So we say we're walking up a hill or you're telling a story, and it's great for hip strength, it's great for low back, right? There's so many things, but it's like a kid's exercise to integrate so that if you are stressed out or wound up or kind of in a state of fight or flight, it actually grounds you down and gets you more balanced and at ease. So if you're going to do a big presentation at work or you're in an office and you're like, um, have to go talk in front of a group of people and you're ready to sweat your pits out because you're so like nervous. Do that for like a minute and you will see a huge difference in the way that you are able to move forward and be like stronger and more integrated and whole. I work, I do infinity
1: things. Oh, so. yes, right. So
0: sometimes we'll do
1: this mm-hmm. one at a time mm-hmm. or together. Yes. And then try to do it.
0: Yes. Separately. Yes. Yes. So the in, the infinite loops, the super eights, were created by a psychologist, I think, and she um, studied kids. She had a kid come into the classroom who could not write legibly and was so high on the spectrum. And she started doing these super eights and these infinity loops. And after doing this for over two months, the kid's writing was legible and he was more grounded and more focused.
1: Yeah, they do a lot of this. My kids went to a Waldorf school and they do, yep. the, you know, form drawing stuff.
0: They, they do a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Is the, is that doing the right and left integration as well? Yeah, right. it's totally yeah. doing the right and left. So a lot of times, um, yes, in the memory care, we do that. That's another brain gym thing. That's Thanks for bringing that up. That's awesome.
1: Okay. I, mean, I, that, that
0: yeah. I, I didn't even think about using oh. the yeah. brain gym exercise. Brain gym is great. I didn't even think about using a that. Yeah, brain gym is great. Yep, (laughs) so let's do the elephant, which is a good range in one, too. Reach uh, your right arm up. Take your left hand back behind it. So your left elbow is bent, both arms are high, and your left (laughs) hand is holding on towards your right arm. And this helps with stability, balance, and also memory. And you're supposed to hold it for X amount of time, breathing deeply. And then release your arms down, shake them out. That's one of my favorite things about a mala, is the noise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How does that one help with memory? Not a doctor, play one on TV. <laughs> <laughs> There's tons of science behind all of this cool stuff, so if you get, like, a brain gym, like, thing online or a book, you can kind of find really cool things out. Another thing I really like is um, to tap into your, like, buttons, oh, yeah. your breathing buttons. Same thing as the three-part breath. It's the, the reason I say put a hand to the heart and a hand to the belly, but it's your breathing buttons, and you're trying to get your fingertips towards your collarbones, and... Um, It helps you to tap into your superpowers because it really makes you breathe from the right places. Well, it activates oxygen. Mm -hmm. Is that what people do with tapping? Oh yes. So another thing that I list for different things that are great for chair yoga practices to teach: uh, reflexology, uh, tapping, which is called emotional freedom technique. And today we're going to do something that comes from Qigong, that is a tapping exercise, a whole body exercise that I work with people to do, which is a great refresher, especially like say at work and you like have a job where you really have to be focused um, or you're sitting at a desk and you have a desk job, it's really good to get up every less than every two hours and do something, this you can do um, while you're seated and we'll do it together. Your breathing buttons are Oh, so you have your collarbones, yeah? Uh So you can kind of feel that little divot under the collarbones. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, under the bony protrusion. Yeah, okay. yours are set wide.
1: Uh-huh.
0: It's pretty cool. But I, what I think about um, the brain gym exercise is so good is, is it's, it's the same thing, neurological pathways. And we used to think that you know, the gray matter or your brain, you can't ter- teach old dogs new tricks, but you actually can. And there's a scientist in Madison, Wisconsin, who's doing all of this brain research. Um, and he was like named Time 100 or something. He gets all these like Bill Gates grants and, and stuff. And he takes monks' brains after meditating or just regular normal people after meditating or doing something where you have that zoned in, and they put them through an MRI. And it shows that you have more brain function than before. So that's cool. Um, It helps also, a lot of the stuff that we're doing helps with proprioception. And a part of that proprioception thing, especially when you're working with kids who are high on the spectrum, is you want to feel safe in space. So anything that you are doing that is integrating the mind or doing a physical movement makes most people who are wired really high settle down and be less anxious and it makes it more calm. It's hard work to
1: sit correctly. Yeah. It's like when myself keep
0: wanting to. Yeah. And, but it's. Well, and, but that's good because yoga is a habit, right? That's why like AA is so good or other kinds of programs where, um, like, if you have a routine and it it creates a habitual pattern, because yoga is very Pavlovian. We start feeling the effects of it if we keep doing it, but we're so used to our tendencies, and then we get in a rut, right? And yogis call that samskaras, or broken records, or the grooves. It's very easy to get into those samskaras. But then, in the, like, invocation for... um, uh, the Ashtanga invocation, it says, samskara halahala. Samskaras, the broken records, are poison. We need to change and evolve and get out of those ruts in order to elevate ourselves. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good answer no, to your comment. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's like a rut. You just, it's, um, Oh, yeah, my biggest thing is, what can I put on my belly? <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that you're noticing you have it, is it all right. what yoga is about, (laughs) drop into awareness, (laughs) yeah, it's good, doesn't mean it's easy to change, that's the hardest part, is like once you kind of are aware, you're, that's the hard part, so another thing I like to do um, for uh, the proprioception practice, and this works really well with people, is uh, um, uh, it doesn't come from Brain Gym, but it is a flashlight, I do like red light, green light, and we just flash our hands. One palms up, one palms down, shoulders, our back legs are strong. For us um, who don't want to get fat wings, this is great because it helps with the biceps and the triceps, and you really have to make huge, huge fists to flash and flash and flash, and whomever's fingers hurt when we're doing those arthritis things, this is great too because it'll stop it. Is anybody gritting their teeth? No, is everybody relaxed? Do you feel the burn? Okay, freeze, flip, flash. I know, now you have to switch sides. So you're doing the same thing, but you just switch your hands differently. And this is so good for you. Now, who's using their shoulders and their neck? Touch your tongue to the roof of the mouth, plug your shoulders back, and think of that block that's not in between your leg, but could be in between your legs, and you're engaging. And freeze, and shake it out. Is it was a fun, I hate to say this, but you'll probably be sore tomorrow. Even though you think that this is really easy stuff, I usually get really sore the next day. And then I like to strip the arms, which is kind of like the idea of um, wiping the slate clean or cleaning the crumbs. Because uh, um, in the facilities or in the places or in the cultures that we live in right now, people don't touch that much, right? And deep body work and touch. It just helps your muscles and the fascia to be more fluid. And I don't want to gross anybody out, but if you didn't have your skin on, right, you're just a bunch of tubes and water. So you literally would turn into a pile of goo. (laughs) Sorry. So this, it really helps. And as we lose collagen production or as our bodies start to tap into the aging process, it doesn't mean that we have to um, just kind of roll over, right? We are drinking lots of water and we're doing these kind of things that help keep ourselves strong. So that's called stripping the arms. And um, let's go through the rest of the hand stuff and then take a little bit of a bathroom break. Then we go into um, hand pressure rolls, and this is another one that is really interesting because if I say take your thumb, touch it, uh, and touch it to the palm, and bring the rest of the fingers up and over, touch your pinky fingers together so your palms are facing towards you or your fists are facing towards you. Touch your elbows together. Who has a hard time with that? You go into places, people can't do this. They'll just go like that right? And then all of a sudden it's hard to figure out like I'm like extremely impressive how mobile everybody is and agile and then place the um, knuckles together and start to rotate your hands without losing contact. Oh, it's killing. <laughs> Go one direction and then the other. So what do you do to encourage people? if, if they're Let your elbows open. And just don't lose contact. Okay. But then, that don't lose contact, usually, either people stick out their tongues or they make funny faces and they can't, They're still can't do it. with their shoulders. Right.
1: Yeah. It's funny because the big test for if you have, uh, I think it's bicep, I, I can't remember, I'm not a hand operational really yeah. therapist, but is to do this. Oh. And it's to test and if you, Cause you have um, you have a canal just like your um, actually no words today just like you have canals going through here and you can get pinching you can get pinching going through your thumb so sometimes um, like when you're going like this all day there can be some pinching there so that oh if there's like some any sort of inflammation or tightness in oh. there yeah as well because you have fascia going over which can and so that's funny because that might be something to, to help. help with that stretch Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wrist issues. Wrist issues.
0: Yeah. No, that's. So this was, this is mostly just a wrist stretch that we're doing here? Is that what's yeah. going on? Yeah. But wrist is yoga, right? So all of this is yoga. We're just moving, um, we're doing arms, neck, shoulders, eyes so far. Sorry, no, I have to it <laughs> Oh,
1: that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tara does something similar with hands open or fingers open. Right, you do that little, oh, yeah. like, yeah. Very mm-hmm. similar. hmm It's,
0: yeah. These are all really good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the other thing is that's interesting is if you don't have a whole room and sphere, and this is good for Arthur, too, I have people just start off with their elbows relaxed, palms together, And on your next exhale, press the fingers together and reach the elbows out. Feel that stretch. Inhale, relax. Exhale, push. Inhale, relax. Good, exhale, push. Inhale, relax. I like all these finger things. Oh, so when you do the pushing of the fingers, press them together and your palms kind of create openness and your fingers are active. So you don't have to press, because if you press the palms here, it's just activating where the palms are flush. It's just is making the pecs and the um, scalings along the sides of the necks tight. Awesome. Shake out the fingers.
1: <laughs> you know, there's a lot of finger Nursery rhymes, fingers. yeah. The itsy bitsy spider.
0: Itsy bitsy spider. Yep. I'll do Patty Cake too. Patty Cake, Patty Cake, Baker's Man. Oh, here's the church. Here's the steeple. Open the house and see all the people. Yeah. And then, um, anybody like Grease? You can do the hand drive. Wait mm-hmm. right a deep, 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 deep. Yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah. So there, it, the, yeah. Here's another one. So after you do that kind of pushing, then you can um, stretch out the fingers, point them down. And you can also point the palm towards you, so you're getting the opposite stretch. But you want to keep the elbow straight and the shoulder plugged into its socket, so that you're reaping the benefits. Yeah, you can feel it, yeah? Mm -hmm, yeah. And you can switch sides, palm face out, palm face towards you, and shake it out. Another thing that I really like to do, and this'll be how we finish this segment, is I used to just do the wave of the fingers, you know? But if you hold your fingers up, just touch the middle finger to your, without moving the other fingers, right? It's tough, yeah. So, yoga for your hands, yeah. middle finger touches you're trying to keep everything straight, and then you do like the pinky finger, and then you do maybe the ring finger it's very, very hard to touch and keep and you can start feeling where you don't have that agility so then i if you do one finger at a time it's easier, obviously, right but I turned it into a more of a breathing thing where your thumb is a, um like a like say you have a horn, and the thumb is the horn, and on your inhale, breathe in and turn, uh, uh, you breathe in, like your exhale, you're blowing up your index finger. And then you in, just take a deep inhale, and then exhale, and the middle finger comes up. And then you inhale, breathe in, exhale, the ring finger comes up. Inhale, breathe in, and exhale, the pinky finger comes up. Good. Now, you can just shake that off, but you can tell, like, just, you can blow up the the fingers, or you can kind of have them come down, so then you're blowing out the candles, and you exhale, pinky, and same thing, inhale, exhale, ring finger, inhale, exhale, middle finger, inhale, exhale, index finger. And then you've tooted your own
1: horn.
0: (laughs) So let's just take a water slash movement break and come on back to our mat. That was a really good question because um, if we breathe 21,600 breaths in a day I'm glad we had a break. I definitely needed a break. Um, As we breathe those 21,600 breaths in a day, um, most people don't because we get so into the conversation I walked into. We get into our animal reptilian brain and we go fight or flight so that we only breathe about 30, 40% of our breathing capacity. Most of our lungs are at our back bodies. So two-thirds of your lungs are at your back bodies. That's why when uh, Jesus his arms were up high, it took longer for him to, he, it like prolonged the pain because we're breathing deep, we're breathing right harder to get the breath. So that's something I read really once. <laughs> but the idea is, is that you're really trying to um, use your inhales and your exhales to create space, oops, and, uh, and more open awareness. But if you get really um, stressed out, then all of a sudden all you do is you're just like tight and small and little and closed in, right? Um, Another fun breathing, and we can start this section off with that breathing exercise, is um, to do, and this is also really great um, arm work, as you inhale, open your arms really wide and create space and breathe deeply. Good. And then exhale, get really small like a ball and curl up. Nice. Inhale, open, breathe, relax your jaw, shoulders, fingertips, reach back. And then exhale, get really small like all the airs come out of your body. Inhale, breathe in. Oh. And exhale, let everything go. Mm, Inhale to a neutral space and exhale, arms down. So when you put in the visual or when you put in like a a storyline to what you're trying to do, if your body is a vessel, like I just spilled over my water, but if your body is a vessel, you're trying to fill the whole container with breath. And most people don't think of our bodies as a container. Hence, we are stressed. We go into that fight or flight animal brain. I just got to get shit done. breathing only the top percent of our breathing capacity. And
1: the stuff that's down there, does it stay? <laughs> if you don't breathe it out, Like,
0: do you have bad breath that it holds? I don't mean smelly breath, but. <laughs> no, but you could get bad breath. OK. You could have like, um, you know, dis-ease, or maybe you have constipation. Maybe you have anxiety. They, twists help to release anxiety. Forward folds help to engage the parasympathetic nervous system and bring fresh oxygenated blood to your brain. Um, Back bends help to engage um, your um, like, first, second, and um, fourth, Energetic channels in your body, so it creates a grounded safe sensation and an openness to release anything that's lingering on your heart, on your chest. In um, the manual, there's this really interesting chart where it says where your body elicits emotions. So if like someone's holding someone something or you have a like something going on in your bum. Uh, and it literally means that you're holding on to anger. Well, you know, I so we say the story like... Someone's a pain in your arse. That's mm-hmm. yeah, actually like true. <laughs> or letting the weight of the world off your shoulders. You know, there's actually really reasons why we kind of say certain things. So, yeah, our bodies are incredible machines. And I don't think that we see ourselves like that. We just kind of think our way through experiences. Mm. Yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, So we did that really nice little um, uh, getting the balloon big, getting the balloon small to re-engage with our bodies. Let's check in again. We're standing in alignment. Maybe you have a block in between your knees, maybe you don't, but you have stability. So that your pelvic bowl, if it really is a container and our body is a vessel, then you're just filling up your bowl with breath, right? And in turn, Um, we're gonna take this into a twist. Our spine is aligned, our gaze is soft. Take your uh, left hand to the outside of the right leg. Take your right hand to maybe an arm rail or the side of the chair, you know, it just depends on kinda like what you're dealing with when you have your group of individuals that you're working with or teaching or when you're working with yourself. Inhale to lengthen and exhale to twist. Fantastic. Inhale, lengthen. Exhale, twist. Inhale, lengthen. And exhale, twist. Inhale, come back to center. And exhale. And we do the same thing to the other side. Right hand outside of left leg, left arm towards the chair. Inhale, lengthen. And exhale, twist. As you continue to breathe and twist, think of you're your spine and you're rotating from the base of the spine to the top of your head. Twisting everything out and inhale, come on back to center. We know, as some of us who are yoga teachers or body workers, That our acetabulum or the trochanter fits into the hip socket at a different alignment so some people need to have their feet wider and some people need to have their feet close together. I like to have that container in between or the block in between or if you said like a sweatshirt in between only because what happens a lot of times is you're turning and someone starts going like this. And they get like they don't think of their whole body. So if there's something that's kind of squeezed in there, then you really are rinsing out a dirty dish rag. That's just something to kind of plant the seed. Uh, uh, then we move into pointing and flexing the feet. So take and bring your hands to the sides of the chair and begin to reach your right leg forward. Ah. <laughs> Flex your foot, point the toe. Flex your foot, point the toe. As you really can tell you need to, this isn't like for simple, yep. And you don't have to lift your foot up high, it's to where you feel comfortable. And stomp out the foot. Because our timing is like not that super long, are you okay if you only do one side of certain things? Okay, let's go to the left leg, lift it forward, And now, rotate your ankle in one direction. Rotate your ankle in the opposite direction. Good. Let your foot relax. And curl up your toes in your shoes as the left foot is down. So now, both feet are down. And curl up your toes. And then exhale, relax. Good. Curl up your toes. Exhale, relax. So you do that with your feet in shoes, but it helps um, plantar fasciitis and like the arches of your feet and your calves. And if you do have props um, that are like squishy balls with little spiky things or a tennis ball and people do not wear shoes in your class or you're doing this at home and you just want something to do, this is so good because your all of your um, lines of communication are in your feet, right? You also have energy in your ears. If someone's really nervous, those same lines of communication in your ears, and you can literally roll from the top of the cartilage down and calm someone down if you do this for a minute. So like with kids who are on the spectrum, this works really well. You're rolling the cartilage down,
1: like you're moving
0: down? Yeah, Yeah. from the top of your ear down, and you're just kind of massaging your ear. Made Sarah yawn. It's the same as rolling the ball on the feet or uh, doing anything that's gonna completely relax your body. Uh, Cat and cow, always a good one. Your hands are to your legs. As you inhale, lift your heart. Exhale, hollow out the belly. Chin to the collarbones. Inhale, lift your heart. Exhale, hollow out the belly. If you have a more agile team of individuals, As you inhale, pull your thumbs to your hips and lift your chest, elbows back. Good, exhale, fingertips come forward, hollow out. Inhale, thumbs to the hips, elbows back, heart high. Exhale, hollow out your belly. Inhale to neutral spine. We don't have our, um, I also do, you can do a Hulu class that is, there's a, of a hula hoop class in your book. But if you take your strap and hold on to it, you can do the same thing as if you are, like, it gives you a place to put your hands. So hula hoops or straps, just some kind of prop, um, gives people uh, focus and attention. As you inhale, see if you can take and um, uh, bring the hands to the... uh, Uh, chest and the elbows reach back and then exhale push everything away hollow out the belly like you're blowing out if it was a hoop, you're blowing out bubbles and then inhale arch your back hands towards you elbows back exhale hollow out (coughs) (coughs) inhale neutral space so now you're using a prop and it gives you some resistance so that you can kind of go deeper. Plus, it gives you an idea of where to, what to do with your hands. Those of you who are working in assisted living facilities, you can get these at Michael's or a craft store, and they're like really lightweight tongue depressors that come in different colors, you know? Instead of saying right or left or the other hand, people get so confused. So say, lift your red arm. Lift your green arm. That helps so much, especially if you have to do the opposite because everyone's facing you. And then you don't have to say, right, I mean left. Left, I mean right. Blah, blah, blah. oh, whatever arm, just lift it. <laughs> it's, like, it's all confusing, right? So the tongue depressor thingies work really well when you're trying to go into that direction. You have everybody um, Yep. I have them, when I hand them out, I put them on their legs and I have them hold on to it. Especially in memory care. It helps so much. Um, inner jar stretch is the next one we kind of move towards. Inner jar stretch is, um, good because, um, it is, uh, like, kind of cleaning out or stirring the pot. Your hands are on your legs, your chest comes forward and you're just going to inhale and lean back, exhale come forward, inhale back, exhale forward, inhale, exhale. Good, let's go the opposite direction, inhale and exhale, inhale and exhale. Feels good. This is another way I like to do this. I just put the elbows onto the feet that are a little bit wider, which helps prevent from falling. Your palms come together, and you start to look over to the right, push into the left elbow, into the knee. you feel that stretch? So try to not let the shoulders collapse, but lift up from your heart. Come on back through center, and do the same thing to the other side. So you're stretching with breath all uh, scrumptly issues. And come on back to center and roll up slowly. I like to tell them to place their hands to their legs and their toes. I sometimes think these are more effective than like a threading of the needle or um, when you're on the back and doing like a spinal twist on your back. It has a really powerful effect. What's the like first one called? Yeah. Inner Jar Stretch? Yeah. It makes me think of the (laughs) Tilt-A-Whirl. There's a partner stretch that I have people do in partner yoga where your feet are wide and the feet are touching. So your legs are in konas and you take your friend's hands and you go in circles. That feels really good, but that's an able-bodied kind of a thing, right? Mm -hmm. So we want to work with the body of today. And if it's a if it's a spinal twist here, it's totally cool. Just be really careful that they don't get like flash dancing with their neck, <laughs> right? So just move <laughs> shoulders and hips. I don't know. So I said flash dance the other week to a group of individuals, and they had no idea what the flash dance was. <coughs> <laughs> oh, you <laughs> Yeah, I made it yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I was kind of okay. Um. Um. So uh, we all do eagle and hip openers, um, some of us easier than others. This is another good reason for the props. So for the next thing we're doing is a seated pigeon um, and you can cross at the ankles and still get the same effect because you're still working up the IT band into your hips. And for people who have like uh, hip uh, surgery or fake hips like bionic people, this is is, is as far as they're going to go. If they can go a little bit deeper, you take and you bring your right knee to your chest, interlacing the fingers, and then you're like in a little bit of a winter moving pose. So if someone farts, can't laugh because it's really good because that's how you get that excess toxins out of your body, right? And then from there, if they can, you take the ankle to the top of the knee. Your hands are to the legs, and you start to kind of move forward. You all should feel something in your hands. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, yeah. And this is so profoundly effective. I mean, we do pigeon on the floor and it's not always good because you're not in alignment. Your hips are in alignment here. They can't go anywhere. You can't prop all your students up if there's lots of students in the class. So I really like this version. And then your foot comes down and you step it out. You could move into it, like, so some of us don't have shoes on, right, or we have socks on. You could move into a whole reflexology thing We start massaging the soles of the feet, and that's good, too. Um, you also can turn that into an eagle. So you can go right into the eagle pose. You, you have options, right? Crossing at the ankle. Bringing your um, ankle to the top of the left knee and your right knee relaxing or completely doubling up and if you need to the right foot can press into a block Which helps stabilize the hips Same thing as Eagle. If my friend can't put their foot to the ground, I mean not to the ground, but if they feel unstable We always put a block underneath them so that they have stability you
1: put block down, do you is it okay if you're on the ball of your foot or do you want your whole foot?
0: Whatever feels good. Okay. Whatever, whatever you can get. Okay. Yeah. Because some, some might need to block up, some might be to block flat. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question.
1: Do you do your
0: hands then? Yeah. Yes. And then we would incorporate, whereas pigeon, we're just leaning forward or we're just creating space through the spine, then you can start with the um, the eagle once your legs are in a comfortable position. And if you flex the foot that's been wrapped, the wrapped leg, it protects the knees, the meniscus and the knees. So that's really important to say dorsiflex your foot or somehow that protects your knees. Then we take our arms and let's do uh, right under left. So at first you give yourself a hug. If that feels okay, lift the elbows up, Ooh, right? This is where some people stop. If you wanna go deeper, reach your arms up and then you have that strap because if you can't grab your thumb or your wrist or your palms aren't in alignment, then you gotta kinda like pull back. And not doing the whole thing is totally honorable. It doesn't mean that you're not gonna like get the same stretch. Good, and then release. And coming up. So pigeon. Right eagle. So same stuff we do off the mat, but you always have options, and you're giving yourself space. Seated hamstring stretches. Down dog. Flex your feet, toes to the sky. Now take and reach your arms up, and you are in down dog hamstring stretch. Simple, easy, comfortable. Bring your hands down. All good, right? If that's too much for both legs, just do one at a time. If you need to, you can also put a block under there or put a bench, right? Or an ottoman or whatever's there to get a hamstring stretch. So you can just rest your leg there. If you're really, really into it, you can do Dance of Shiva, right? So it can get pretty intense, right? You're just kind of moving to spaces. Most people down dog like this is super hard. I like to do this really simple thing. So if we're picking um, like an apple from a tree, you're like reaching, you pull back, and you throw it in the bucket, right? (laughs) So you're reaching up high, grabbing onto the apple, pull back, bend the elbows almost like a bicep curl, right? And then throw away, feels so good. So what we do is, I need to feel the heat kicking in. Yeah. If you want me to, I can turn it off, just tell me. Um, keep your right leg straight, left knee bent. Take your right hand onto your right thigh, reach your left arm up high to the sky. Good, pick your apple and now throw it in the bucket and touch your right knee. Mm -hmm. Inhale, reach your arm back up. Pick your apple, exhale, touch your shin. Get the gist of it, inhale, reach the arm back up. Exhale, hand towards the toe. Yeah, right, it's hard. Yeah, inhale, reach the arm back up, and then you move your way back up, picking the apple, throw it in the bucket, and bring your hand to the shin. Inhale, reach back up, don't pull down, and exhale, hand to the knee. Inhale, reach up. Exhale, hand goes back to the thigh. Stomp out your feet and go on a little walk. So we're to move the ladder and find the new apple tree. So what I like about that one is you're doing arms, back, leg, hamstrings, hips, it's pretty, it's got all the stuff encompassed in it, Uh, and then um, if you had like say a hula hoop that you were working with, um, what's kind of interesting is I would take the hula hoop and bring it if my right leg is still extended, I would take the hula hoop with my right hand. So I have my hand at the top of the hoop and the um, top of my um, foot is holding or bracing it. So it's being braced in between the two and then I'm trying to reach my hand through the hole of the hoop, right? Same thing with like an arm circle idea if we're talking about hoops. If this is a hula hoop and it's resting on the top of your thighs, your knees are bent and you're just sitting in alignment, you take one hand to the top of the hoop and the hoop is resting on your right and left thigh. You take the left hand through the hole and you make big circles trying to trace the hoop. Especially with memory care, this works really well. Because you have to you know, trace in one direction and then trace in the other direction. And you can still feel it. I mean, I'm getting my shoulders, I'm getting my traps, my delts, my biceps, my triceps, all that good stuff. But I like the apple picking one. Eagle arms and eagle legs. Uh, Riding a bicycle and boat pose. Uh, So when we do bike pose, we always... Bless you. We always do it like um, riding the bicycle built for two. I don't know the song and you don't want me to sing (laughs) it. One of the places I work with, um, they know all of these songs and they like to sing. So then if I just start singing it, they sing. Um, but you can just by, uh, do a bicycle instead of boat pose kind of a thing where you're just pedaling. And then you put the foot down. And then in between the two, I always do like rowing, like a rowing machine to kind of stretch out the back, very similar to cat cow, just inhaling and exhaling. Inhaling and exhaling. And then I place my hands onto the chair and I go to my left leg and pedal out the bike. Woo-hoo! Do you sing Row Your Boat? Uh, yep, But wait, and then I try very hard to stomp out the leg again and row the boat. So you can sing Row, Row, Row Your Boat. Usually when I sing Row, Row, Row Your Boat, I try to have them lean back in the chair, grab onto the sides of the chair and lift your feet up, and go, Row, Row, Row Your Boat, yep.
1: Yeah, it's very hard. Or yeah. even you could do, a, I learned a version that's like, the last part of it is, um, um, and then
0: something about, still something about an alligator, why are you trying do it right now, but it's oh. like, if you see an alligator, don't forget to scream. Oh, that's a oh, good one, yeah. It. It's like ah, you can hold it for right, to lift us. the feet yeah. up. It, oh, so you do like more of the, like. I mean, this is what. Yeah, I love that. Oh hey, we're all, little kids are big souls and little bodies, and adults are big souls and big bodies, and they repress things.
1: Right?
0: Did you write three? No. OK. Yeah, but I you, heard it's your core. You can really feel. It's, I mean, sitting, doing things in a chair doesn't mean that you have to make it so simplistic and pedantic that it's not hard, but the playfulness, like what you were saying about the crocodile, changes the whole kind of thing. Um, What's kind of good after um, that, I like to create a little bit of a, a wide leg forward fold. And with the wide leg forward fold, you can add a twist to it. So I separate your feet a little bit wide. Your head is relaxing. And remember that everything is breath with movement. So you can place the left hand down and reach your right arm up, or you're using your block, or you're staying on the elbow. It's really going to depend on where you feel is comfortable. And then you reach, if the left elbow's down, your right arm up. Or you can bring it to your back. So basically, it's a seated spine twist. in, a, a, in a, It's an katasana. You know, your chair pose spine twist, but you're actually in a chair. Because if I'm going to do chair pose spine twist, this is how I would teach someone to do it. All you're doing is you're actually sitting. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can't bring the hands down, which I always, especially in like nursing home facilities, I get really kind of flipped out. I don't want people to do this, but I um, do want them to get the stretch. And you can modify hands to the low back. You can, um, you know, let the head hang down if you can. You know, bring your hands down to the ground in the wide leg forward fold. It's pretty amazing, all the stuff you can do. Uh, Since we are here, let me teach you that one where you are tapping. So in the tapping, where you tap and pat and do all that stuff, the Chi Awakening is a really great way to kind of um get into the forward fold and when you are tapping or patting things or moving um it's very similar to um poses uh something in um tai chi called pat the bear or um, uh, bonking the tiger or a twisting dragon you ever heard of them yeah, they're pretty fascinating. You can Google them, but um, or you can take a class. But it's basically you're like um, tapping and patting, and you go down one arm and up the other, and you do a lot of like twisting and booming things uh, where you're standing. <coughs> this one, you're just seated, and it is uh, kind of like a body tapping experience to reawaken things that have kind of fallen asleep like EFT, Emotional Freedom Technique, um, you have an opportunity to kind of like, be like Tarzan and let go of things, or Jane, and let go of pressure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. All right, so let's start off. Your feet are a little bit wider than normal because we're going to end up in that forward fold we just did. So take and bring your hands to the top of your head and gently touch the top of the head. And they say a lot of this tapping stuff, and this is maybe what you were talking about just now, but it's really good for the vagus nerve. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, there's something, something. About, like, mm-hmm. like increased proprioceptive yeah.
0: input helps with cool. yeah. calming and centering almost. Cool. Mm-hmm. And then touch the forehead. Yeah, tap the eyebrows and then move into the sinuses, the jaw, take it to right above the lip, which is actually another um, brain gym thing, tapping here, tap to the chin, I think that all these modalities are so integrated that when you really boil, it all comes from the same yeah. seed, cultivating yeah. mindfulness. So you use them all. Tap your um, ears. And then just hold on to your ears and listen to the ocean, Cu- cupping the ears. Sorry. Tap the neck down to the chest, and you can do it like Tarzan. And then your ribs. And we're going to take just the left hand and get the right arm, the top of it, all the way down to the fingers. And once you do that, go your palm and up underneath your arm. Uh, still the same right arm, yep, yeah. and your armpit. Back to the chest. Uh, uh, Maybe And the left arm stretches out, and we go down the top of the left arm, underneath the left arm, your armpit. Back to the chest. See, you're patting the bear. You don't want to be a grizzly bear. then relax your arms and just hang over and here's that opportunity as your head is below your heart you're sending fresh oxygenated blood to your brain you're letting the gravitational force stretch out your low back (coughs) if we want to try and do a little bit of a twist left hand is down reach your right hand to your right knee press into your right knee and rotate if your neck is bugging you just keep looking down to the ground Look back down to the ground. Take your right hand down. And let's switch left hand on top of the leg, of the left leg, and gently rotate and twist. Look back down to the right hand. Left hand comes down. And softly as you hold on to your shins, walk your hands up the leg and roll your body up. One vertebra at a time so you're going slow as you can and the last thing to come up is the top of your head so that's a great way to chillax right and it's a great way to um, just in a couple moments to help uh, you know, your friends, your neighbors, your co-workers kind of calm their head down. Do you do that with the seniors? Yes, but I don't go do. anywhere. Yeah. Okay. I stop at the knees. But I do the arms and everything like that. I do it in schools when I'm working with the kiddos. Especially if you're working with the kids that are in the special ed room. I like it. It's good. They say, oh, my OT teaches me this. <laughs> Now we're going to stand up. Yay. We're going to shift our chair to the back of the chair. So once you get to the back of the chair, there's all kinds of things that you can do. You can do where you're just holding on to the chair and you're doing feet rolls, roll to the tippy toes, roll to the heels, roll to the tippy toes, roll to the heels. You can also roll side to side, side to side, and then you can take and point your toes out and come into a goddess pose, and goddess pose is like riding a horse, Uh, so uh, you are just doing little plies, and come on back up. And I have to be really honest, most of my classes that I've been teaching, especially at like senior care places, are seating. I don't spend a lot of time behind the chairs unless it's with like people who uh, are just coming to like a, a agility class, or if it's people who are um, like in a school. So you come in too for um, goddess clothes and you just kind of keep squatting. And then you can come into a lower squat just lift your left heel. Good, lower it down. Just lift your right heel. Lower it down, and then lift both heels. Uh, yeah. One, no, no. You can gotta play around with that. It's good to have the chair as a reference point, and um, especially for like, say, you're having someone who just had knee surgery or hip replacement or something. Um, you're moving real slow, and you're honoring that space. You can do chair pose right from here. Some people like to face the chair. You can also face sideways, so that just one hand is there. Which is a small little incline where you keep your head and uh, higher than the heart, and your buns don't go lower than your knees. That works really well. Tree pose is a really beautiful place to be also. This is really um, great for stability. Your left leg would stay strong and true and your right foot would start off like almost like a kickstand where the toes stay to the ground, foot to the heel, and then moves up to the calf and then moves up higher. So you keep moving into position and then, once you find your stability, you can hold on to the chair, or you always know the chair is there. But you're pushing inward, you're drawing into the midline, and you're lifting up from your heart as you breathe. Some people like to take and bring branches, so that means you engage your arm and bring the arm into it. Knee comes forward, foot relaxes, arms down by your uh, side. Crescent lunge is a fun one to do. Uh, Let's face, we've been doing a lot of things facing the right, so let's face the left. Crescent, um, your hands are, uh, right hand is to the chair. You're going to keep your right foot stable, and now take and let the left toes be light, and move the foot back as your left heel stays high. So you can feel the hip flexor stretch through the left leg, and you can feel the stability through the right leg like you're doing a chair pose. Good, back is long as you soft. You can lift the left arm up as your right, leg, right hand is to the chair. On your exhale, you can take your left hand to your hip and turn this into a warrior three pressing into the right foot, lift the left leg up a little bit. And then you can practice balancing. Good. Step the left foot back, right knee lunges, uh, back crescent, bad cue. And bring the left foot to meet the right as you step and face forward. And you would do the same thing on the other side. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Yeah, it's pretty, um, once you start playing around, you're like, oh, the chair could be used for anything. Um, We did a warrior three when we were on the sides, but let's do a warrior three from a down dog. So you walk your hips back, and you're in a down dog. I love this because my back just cracked every time I do this one. Doesn't it feel great? Your head is between your arms, your neck is long, your gaze is soft, you're getting a hamstring stretch, you're working the body. If you want to take it into a warrior three, reach your right leg up a little bit, even if it's just an inch up off the ground. <sighs> yeah, don't hit the wall, careful. And the foot comes down. Slowly walk your feet to the chair you standing up. You would work the right and the left side and all that good stuff. Another way to do downward facing dog is to take and do a little bit of a, um, where you bring your elbows to there, so it would be more like a dolphin, where you bring the elbows to the, uh, uh, seat cushion and you can either do the, the elbows or the hands. If the elbows are too much because your hamstrings are tight, just take your hands. So you're giving yourself different variations for your stretch. The thing that's kind of nice about having your hands on the chair like this is everybody take your hands to the chair so that you're facing the side of the chair, your legs are in down dog legs, and now um, your hands are on, uh, on the chair, Just step your right foot forward and you've got pyramid pose. Hips reach back, neck is long, eyes are soft. If you want to take it a little bit deeper, bring your left elbow down or keep your left hand there if that is too much of a um, stretch and bring your right arm up and you have a revolved triangle. You have all these options for really amazing things to do. Bring your right hand back and your um, left hand back so they're on the cushion of the chair. Step the left foot to greet the right and slowly come up standing. And gentle yoga class too, the trainers Yep. Yeah. more capable. Right? Mm-hmm. Another thing that's really easy is if we sit on the chair and we look forward, I can do a Sun salutation. inhale, reach the arms up, exhale, elbows reach back, chest forward, good, inhale, reach the arms up, exhale, left hand onto the right leg, right hand reaches back, shift your right knee to the right and push the left foot back in a crescent or a warrior one way. So now we have a little bit of a twist. Ah, Yeah, right leg, left, right leg, right leg. All right, use your next exhale. Come on back forward, hands to your heart. Inhale, reaching high, exhale, elbows to the ribs, chest forward. This has a little bit more choreography, right? Inhale, reach high, exhale, right hand outside of the left leg, left hand reaches to the back of the chair rail, start twisting, left foot stays down, right foot reaches back. So you can plant the foot down, but if you're tight, just do crescent. Good. So you got your warrior one, inhale, hands back to your heart, feet back together, exhale all the air out, inhale, reach high, exhale, take a little bit of a bow, good, inhale, So sun salutations are options too without even bringing your buns off the chair. We did warrior one, but you can also do like a warrior two. Some people like the back of the chair there. I'm just going to show you how you can do a warrior two with the chair facing forward, so you feel more supported. My foot is down, my leg knee is bent, my leg is straight, my hands are to the back of the chair. There's also, like say we do lanterns pose. So, dancer's pose, you're sitting on more of a side of the chair, and you're going to take and bring your hand to your foot to your hand, where you're getting that good hip flexor stretch, or that's why we have a strap. So, you take the strap and you put it around the leg, and in um, my picture, I've got and you pull the leg up with the strap. Same thing in the manual also, you could have the opportunity to do it behind the chair and then you're using the breath to take yourself a little bit deeper. It really, really depends on your body and what you're kind of doing, but you're using the props to help you to create more space in the joints in the body that, um, the areas of the body that really need a little extra TLC. And if balance is an issue, know this really helps to uh, make someone feel not only secure but if they feel they can do it then they start to elevate and start doing more interesting things I always like to um, there's so many more cool things that we could do Um, but uh, we're almost done with our time and I want you all to be able to enjoy the rest of your Sunday um, I always like to have like, a well-rounded class where uh, you in you start with the same thing and you end with the same thing. So we focused on starting in alignment, doing some breath work and some listening skills, and we, um, that was our mindfulness practice. And then we did uh, moving almost like top-down, where you're finding stability. Obviously, you're not going to do shavasana laying down on the ground. Shavasana, your kind of um, regeneration time where you get the rebound and you get to really enjoy, and your um, neurological system and your central nervous system gets to embrace the practice, uh, is done seated, where you're just kind of leaning back. But I like to end an om begin class with the same kind of a thing where you do your cat-cow. Inhale, lift your heart exhale hollow out the belly inhale lift and open exhale hollow out inhale breathe in exhale let it all go inhale to a neutral spine and with your exhale let's find a little bit of a side body stretch keep your right hand to the right legs try and squeeze Your knees towards each other as the left arm reaches up and over and look to the ground so you just get a good comfortable stretch. Come on back up, left hand touches the leg, right arm sweeps up high to the sky, pushing away the crumbs, look down to the ground and exhale, let everything go. Inhale, come on back up, and with your exhale, the right hand comes back to your leg, and we take it into our final spinal twist, right? Just like a lot of our classes end with a final twist. Left hand to the outside of the leg. Keep looking out in front of you like you're looking at a clock, like you're looking at noon. Take your right hand to the side of the chair. Inhale, lift and lengthen. Exhale, twist to two o'clock. Inhale, lift and lengthen. Exhale, twist, but don't crank your neck. Just work with the breath, slow and steady. Inhaling and exhaling. And come on back to center. Let yourself relax for a second before the other side. Reach your right hand outside of the left leg. <clears throat> left hand reaches back. Inner thighs are connected in some way, which helps you to get more stability. Starting off at 12, inhale, lengthen. Exhale, start looking at 10 o'clock. Inhale to lengthen, exhale twist a little bit deeper. Inhale lengthening and exhale. Awesome, look back forward, hands come to the legs and then begin to kind of let yourself shed like a snake, shedding some new skin so you can create that openness in your body and your mind and just lean back a little bit. I always love the visual of the clock because um, if you are when I said twist to the right, it was your two o'clock. And when I said twist to the left, it's a ten o'clock. But when you have the arms of the clock in that direction, it's always supposed to be like a smile. So you're putting your body in a smile. You're putting your body in a space where it can reap the benefit and find ease in. Your experiences off the mat. I like to end class with some kind of visualization or some kind of a mindfulness practice. So we'll just do a really, really um, base version of yoga nidra. For some of you, you know, you know yoga nidra. Um, so you're kind of saying that the practice offers you health and happiness, but then you get to scan your body if there's any part of your body As a student, that you feel that you've missed, this is an opportunity for you to help get into those regions just through breath. Your hands are relaxed, you're leaning back, your eyes are soft, you don't even need to think about your alignment, just give yourself space. Excuse me, um, let all the air out as you wiggle your toes and you get all the jigglies out. And then feel yourself just completely relaxing. Feel your feet as if they're kind of like growing roots and you can really settle into the ground. You've cultivated these incredible seeds of mindfulness. Now let them sprout through your body. Feel the feet and the toes melting almost like um, butter on a pancake. Feel the ankles as they relax. Releasing any congestion, any weight. And just breathe into them. Feel your legs, your calf muscles, your knees, your thighs. Everything's making you feel more sturdy and steady. As if your legs are lengthening. Feel the buoyancy of the breath as it offers you some levity and that lightness is so bright that you feel your pelvic bowl and your behind that's sitting on the chair filling up with positive air. Inhale through the nose and exhale through the nose. And really sense that your entire body is being purified with the breath. Feel that sunshine that you're creating in your solar plexus bright and really radiant like you're glowing from the inside out. Take the next couple breaths to feel your belly rise and your belly fall because you're just massaging your internal organs. Feel them healthy and cleansed. Like every breath is just letting all of the things that kind of are stuck get unstuck and they're ready to go away. Inhaling and exhaling. Find your chest a little bit broader because you've released tension. And if you still feel tension in your chest, use your next inhale to just sweep it away. So your exhale, the breath rolls down your shoulders and drips off your fingertips like dew from a tree. And you can feel everything just unblocking all that dirt and grime is gone and your neck is so light as your head and the space between your ears has got some true space. We're never going to stop thinking but we have the choice and the ability to create freedom. So on your inhales and exhales, let your thoughts relax, and give yourself time to just breathe. Your teeth are soft, your tongue is relaxed because the words are gone, your jaw and your ears and the hair on your head. Everything's just really graceful and flowing. And feel the gratitude of the breath going to any area that your body still needs a little bit of extra TLC. And find that attitude of gratitude really kind of like a little bit of a razor razor gun, uh, like science fiction. Just burning away and letting go of the things that kind of have burrowed in. Inhale and exhale. So simple, but so effective and powerful. that it calms your entire being through that conscious, active breath. Begin to guide your hands in front of your heart. And press your palms together and rub them and rub them and rub them as fast, as fast, as fast as you can. Feel the warmth. Mm, And then take the hands, feeling the balance between both sides of your being. Feel that equanimity, that um, wholeness just moving through you. Every cell, every follicle, every little fiber of your being. Take the warmth of your hands over your closed eyes. And with your next exhale, release your hands so that your eyes open up to a whole new perspective and a strong spirit. And now you have this awesome sense of awareness so you can go out into the world with a big, huge smile. Thank you. Thanks. It was an honor and privilege to spend this time with all of you. I hope you have a really really nice rest of your day. Thank you for finding your strong spirit uh, through mindfulness and movements. So